We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to the crunch time for Wednesday morning, this little six-game slate we got on our hands. I like it. We're split up today pretty good. That's always nice. I'm your host, Ed Chopper here. Going to be here for about 30, 35, 40 minutes. We're going to break down some uh, some Major League Baseball this afternoon for you, see if we can get some winning rosters. I'm going to be joined today by Dave Potts. He goes by Cheese is Good. And all right, so I'm hearing all these rumblings. Because I'm not very, you know, sometimes I don't just, sometimes I don't, I, I don't sit there and, and scoreboard watch. It, it, it gets a little nervy sometimes. So I'm hearing all these rumblings about your, your big day. Can you please tell me what, what big day did you have, Cheese? Um, apparently, um, I won something on DraftKings. Uh, I was trying my best to stay up. I actually did stay up until the end, sort of laying in bed groggily, like I guess I won. And then I went to sleep. Um, it was that uh, that big old tournament with uh, 100K up top and uh, held on just long enough. Thanks to uh, really what I'm going to give all the credit to is Tommy LaStella legging out an inside the park home run of all things. Um, so it's all about the speed of Tommy LaStella from here on out. That's amazing. That's amazing. Tommy LaStella could do that. For, so Basically, just what you needed—some more, some more money. You know, you'd haven't won enough here on DFS, so we're gonna. It's been, it's been, it's been a rough go, man. I don't know. All uh, right, well, that happens sometimes. It goes. It's funny how those things work out like that. A weird play like a, a Lestella inside the park home run could swing you that much, and uh, yeah, Big T had it happen the other night on the on the opposite end where. What's really weird is like how low scoring overall last night was. I mean, I think everybody thought you were going to need, you know, 250 on DraftKings. And I, I mean, I didn't even hit 200 with winning a, a huge field tournament like that. 
especially after like that Yankees game, you had <laughs> runs in the first two innings and then it just yeah. stopped and like everything just kind of quit. Um, and th- nothing happened like the whole second half of the night. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to just say that after the Yankees, the start of that game looked like you were going to need quite a few points, but Hey man, you did it. Congrats to you. That's good stuff right there. And, uh, maybe we can continue that winning on through today. Sometimes you get those hot streaks in DFS. So you got to push all your chips all in. You got to ride the hot streak. You're on I've hot, heard streak. hot streaks or a thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think so, but, um, we'll all right, well, we'll see. All right. So we got 32 minutes here to break down this little six gamer, man. This is, this is a, I could best classify this as the haves and the have nots. You are, you are on one side of the fence or you're not. As far as these teams are concerned, it's just it's pretty cut and dry. So, what's your you, you looked at it? You wrote your articles this morning. Give me your just general overview before we start breaking down individuals. Yeah. So, I mean, at first glance, it's like a very clear Yankees and Red Sox. Like it's all about the Yankees and Red Sox. But then, really, the Dodgers are not that far behind as just another great team. Um, and since we're looking mostly at DraftKings, where they have an actual six-game slate as opposed to it being split up on FanDuel these salaries just have to drive the ownership to the Yankees. Like, like judge Voigt, Didi and Hicks at least look like just flat out mistakes in the pricing. Um, so uh, the whole tough decision in tournaments is, do you want to pass on those obvious prices to get, you know, when you look at the difference between them and these Red Sox or the Dodgers, like it's, it's drastic. So I would say if they were all priced the same, the ownership would be split up as it is. It, it just has to be Yankees. Um, so I, you know, I think in cash games, uh, when we'll go through the positions, I think you don't, you don't overthink it and just play those guys who are clearly too cheap. Um, but in tournaments and, and then, you know, even add in, you know, a home run spot with Padres and the Orioles, um, Cleveland in a pretty decent looking spot. Like there's plenty to do, but we also have clear ace pitching with, headlined by sale um like like you said i think the haves and the have-nots is a good way to say it um there's a whole bunch of teams that are basically off the list that you could do just to be totally different but it's pretty clear who you're supposed to be playing in an optimal sort of setting which is which is a whole which is a whole nother story for this we, we usually say you look at the ownership percentages and you try to play that in baseball, you try to play that to your advantage and leverage things because uh, the projections don't always work out perfectly. The ownership can get a lot of uh, a lot of good good times with that. But today, the guys who are lacking in ownership are almost unplayable. I mean, there's a couple spots like you mentioned that you just don't want a hitter from. You just don't want to take a batter from that. So all the so all of the uh, ownership is going to be concentrated on just the several guys at each position, just a few guys. So it's going to be going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So with that being said, we're going to crank it up here. First thing I want to do is uh, go check out the weather real fast. I want to see if there's anything we should be worried about this morning. So I head on over myself to the Kevin Roth's uh, weather page here. Not, not necessarily the weather edge, which is going to give you an overview of uh, maybe a little extra offense, a little, a little better, better conditions for pitching, but just the forecast itself. And, I'm looking, we have no red lights here. We have no red flags. So we're good on the weather. If anything, we've got a, a little bit of a bump up to the Baltimore-San Diego game, temps in the high 90s or in the 90s. So uh, we're good there. So no weather situation. So now we can just start talking about pitching. I know this is your favorite part of a, a DFS slate is the pitching. So we've already kind of 
talked about a few of these guys, but give me your assessment of some of these pitchers here this morning. Yeah, so I don't think Sale is priced up quite enough. Um, I mean, eleven six is is plenty, but I feel like he could be you know twelve five, and you should probably still play him if you're doing cash games. Um, but it's certainly interesting in tournaments with three and a half really good pitchers right below him. I mean, Trevor Bauer does not look right. Um, and the Royals are not really as terrible as we want them to be. So I think Bauer is the guy that kind of gets forgotten. Um, and I think you're really only playing him just to be different. Um, Marquez with that huge ballpark upgrade is a pretty obvious play. Um, but another guy that like the upside theoretically should be kind of limited. Like he doesn't really strike out lefties. And I would think um, last I looked, I didn't have a lineup yet uh, for the giants, but I would think they do, you know, maybe six lefties and it's more of a, he could roll through seven easy innings and be perfectly useful. Um, but I, I think Paxton and Bundy have more points per dollar upside than Bauer and Marquez. So when you start getting into tournaments, um, I think you could take on the risk, the home run risk of Bundy today. Um, you never know when he's going to allow the, the four or five home runs, but he's been steadier this year. Um, and he's striking out so many righties, uh, which kind of mutes out a lot of this power. So I think he's a great tournament play. Um, and Paxton, I mean, he doesn't look like top shelf Paxton yet, but he looks a little better recently. And he's been over a hundred pitches the last two. I think he's just underpriced here. Um, and I can't make much case to play Bauer ahead of Paxton um, with the salary difference. So that's your top tier. And it's pretty obvious, um, you know, you're playing sale if you can afford him, but I don't think you have to jam him in all your tournaments. If you can do a double uh, good pitchers without him, if you can get like a Marquez Paxton or a, you know, a Paxton Bundy or something, your, your upside is going to stay just as high as if you pair sale with, some of these jokers down below. Um, it's pretty much Samarja and Strom that I think are going to be the, the chalk in the low tiers. Samarja because he's at home and Strom because he's facing the Orioles. Um, I don't particularly love either guy, but they're both totally okay pitchers and they're cheap. So I think you have to have them in your, your tournament mix because you can't, you can't get like a, you know, a, uh, Red Sox or Dodgers stack with their expensive bats unless you use something down there. Um, I don't feel a need to mess with Junis today um, against Cleveland. I, th I think just Samarja and Strom is pretty much my pool down down below. So if, you, if you're up there on DK, you got to have two pitchers, and the first one you're going to plug in, I assume, is Chris Sale. Yeah, I found, like, in cash games, I think you can play Sale and Paxton. Like, there's, there's enough cheap bats that I think you can do that. I think it's totally fine – to go down to Samarja. Um, like he could get shelled just because of the way he pitches, but just, just throwing strikes in that ballpark against Colorado on the road is probably good enough to be acceptable as a, as a cheaper cash game SP two. It's just that with what they've done with the Yankees pricing, you only need to punt a couple of spots to be able to get a sale Paxton. Um, and that, so that's personally what I prefer. Would you put Paxton at uh, more of a raw projection than Marquez? Um, no, I would rather play Marquez. Um, 
but that extra thousand is kind of making the difference in cash games where I feel like you're stretching a little too far to try to sail and Marquez together. But certainly if you have it, I would rather play Marquez in cash than Paxton. I'm looking on the lineup HQ page and, uh, you know, I like to look for the colors, the different colored dots. It tells you, you know, if, if they're projecting a guy as a good salary guy, a core guy, a cash GPP, and I'm looking, I'm seeing some, some dots next to Dylan Bundy. Do you have any interest at, at a pretty decent price tag? Well, in, in comparison to the studs on this, any interest in Dylan Bundy at home against San Diego? Like I love him in tournaments. I, I can't, I don't think you can do it in cash. I mean, I, well, I wouldn't say you can't, uh, it's just, it's only 900 more to get Paxton, which I would just rather do. But as far as points per dollar upside, when you look at the Padres strikeouts versus righties and Bundy's strikeouts against righties, I think he has as much points per dollar upside as anyone on the slate. Um, so, I mean, I would say that sale and Bundy would be the ideal tournament combo. Um, I don't think there's anything sneaky about Bundy, um, but you know, in cash, if you can avoid playing him at home I, I would like to do that I'd probably if I can't get a Paxton I think I would just go down in cash but yeah I love him in tournaments yeah we got Jeff first of all guys the blue crunch time chat that's where you want to be to get your questions answered that's where we're pretty much hanging out is the blue crunch time chat so you want to click on that link to get there that's where we'll be taking the questions. And one question from Jaffe is, is ownership not available for the early slate? I think they just updated some ownership for the early slate. So we do have it in lineup HQ. Don't know if it's on the lineup page, which is a new addition to the lineup page. They're going to put up some ownership there. But we do have it in lineup HQ. Looks like sales, the highest projected owned pitcher uh, for a good reason. He's in the 40% range and then followed by James Paxson, kind of like, what Cheese was saying, it kind of mimics what he's what he's talking about. So uh, ownership is up. It's there. And uh, go get it, man. It, it, it really helps out on this slate that we already talked about. That may be a little bit interesting how that plays out. But we've got 22 minutes until this thing locks in. We're going to be here till lock. Then we're going to try to field some ownership stuff for the couple of early games and see if anything jumps off to us. And then, then we'll get out of here. But we need to keep breaking things down here. So let's go ahead and take it to uh, – some hitters now. Let's go to let's let's just go to catcher. I know you have to have a catcher on Yahoo. You have to have a catcher on DraftKings. So might as well knock that out and see if there's anything that jumps out to us. Uh, I, I got a feeling your highest projected point guy is going to be one Gary Sanchez. But boy, that's a tough salary to swallow on this kind of a slate. So uh, you tell me where you're headed in this at this position. Yeah, I think you don't you don't worry about Sanchez and cash games today. But I do think. I'm, I'm most curious to see what happens with even the ownership of Yankees stacks because they have the affordable bats. If maybe Sanchez isn't even over-owned in stacks. I mean, he'll be popular just because of who he is, but I do like him in tournaments, but in cash games, I think you're going down. Um, I would love to play Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Severino, but realistically, I think you, you save your money at catcher and I would play Mejia um, at 2,900. I just think he is too cheap um, and, you know, spend that money somewhere else um, on this slate because really other than Sanchez and kind of Severino, it's not a, a great position anyway. Okay. So where can it, I mean, Francisco Mejia is a guy who I believe he homered last night, helped out my Padre stacks. Uh, so I broke even 
I was fine with that. And he's up, he's batting sixth today. He's a you know a switch hitter when they get into the guy. Um, and he's like, he, I mean, this is a very good prospect. That's kind of he got hurt for a while, so we kind of forgot about him. But I think he's just plain old underpriced for for his skill set to begin with. So that's the guy we're probably going to lean to. I I suppose if you wanted to just absolutely flat out punt this thing, you had a what you felt like was a perfect lineup otherwise, and you just needed a $2,100 catcher on DraftKings, I guess you could go down to like a, a Danny Jansen and expect a zero, but yeah, Mahea, Kirk, do you I also say if the couple dollars down to Sandy Leone is meaningful just because he bats for Boston, he's kind of the easiest way to get some Boston exposure without spending much money. Uh, but Mejia is definitely my, my first choice. Yeah, big shout out to Kirk Deese, who's in chat right now. He did put me on the Mejia last night, Mejia. So we're good. All right, that's catcher. I got uh, Kirk uh, uh, live final seat, I believe. Did it really? Oh my! How come everybody's winning and I'm breaking even? This is this is absurd. Come on now, I gotta I gotta step up my game. I'm on the show with the goats and I can't even make no money. What's going on here, man? I gotta steer me in the right direction here. You should listen closer. I don't. I don't <laughs> All right, know first base. So that was catcher. We're gonna. Uh, if you want to absolutely be different, you can get up on Sanchez and. Maybe you'll avoid – we're going to get to the, those positions later, but the cheap guys like D.D. Gregori is probably going to be ultra chalky today. Uh, otherwise, you can punt that thing. There's a couple of nice players down there, like like Dave said, 3,000 or less on DraftKings that'll get you there. First base. Oh, this thing's loaded with power right here. Give me a rundown on first baseman. Yeah, so, again, with these Yankees, like Luke Voigt is just too cheap, and that's what you should do in cash games. Um, but in tournaments, with, with where guys are priced, like – it's really hard to play Santana or Mancini. I, I love Mancini um, and I like Santana, but I think in tournaments, like it's so easy to play one of those Yankees that spending up above that, it just has to be contrarian. I mean, you see these ownership numbers at five and 6% for Mancini and Santana. Um, if you're not going up to sale, I think you spend some money at first base to get different, but in cash games, just play your Luke Voigt um, and get on with your day. Um, I like Renato Nunez as well. Um, you know, this Bobby Bradley kid for Cleveland is, it's fine to play him, but he's not like dirt cheap. And I feel like batting seventh until we see what he can do for a while. I'd, I'd rather just kind of go up to someone like Nunez who's a little more proven, but start with Voight in cash games for sure. Yeah. Bobby Bradley is actually dirt cheap on FanDuel. We can, uh, I believe he's going minimum. So that's in play. So Luke Boy, uh, Edwin. Edwin's only a couple hundred dollars more than Boy. You prefer you prefer Voigt in this matchup over Edwin? Um, not necessarily as much as even the two hundred dollars matters. I think on this slate, um, but I, I would I would mix and match them. Like if you're doing multiple Yankee stacks, I would not try to just pick the one guy. I, I would go back and forth. Fair enough. Okay, I got a question for you for, uh, pertaining to pitching, which we just went over. You kind of glanced over it, uh, but Straw wants to know, is Zamarja okay in cash games on DK? Yeah, he's definitely the cheap SP2. If you're not getting um, up to Paxton as an SP2, I think Zamarja is the clear choice for a cheaper cash option. Yeah, glancing over the first base ownership percentage, it does look like the two Yankees guys is going to draw most of the ownership there. They're the two highest projected guys on the slate. Follow the third. Whew. Eric Hosmer getting the third most projected ownership. That's 
That's uh, not the spot I would probably go to. But it is. I mean, Bundy's so splitsy that, like, he's the one lefty you would pick out and you say, I want some Padres. How do I get it? I mean, it makes sense. But, um, I mean, he's just such less of a power hitter than those Yankees. It's it's hard to do. Yeah. Has, has Hosmer actually homered with San Diego yet? Yeah. He actually, early this season, he actually had kind of a little power streak. Um, uh, but still, that's, that's not his game. Yeah. Uh, that's. Fair enough. All right. Second base. Let me see here. Let me check on our time. We need to make sure we're on time here. Oh, yeah. 16 minutes left. All these positions to go. We got plenty of time here. We'll, we'll break it down for you. Second base is highlighted by another big Yankee, but an expensive one at $5,100, DJ LeMayhew. And uh, then you can start saving some money with some other guys. And there's actually some pretty good guys in the lower price range. So uh, second baseman, where are we going to with this man? Yeah, so cash games, I think you're saving here. This is another position where the Yankees are not cheap. Um, and one where I guess you stop and point out, if you're stacking the Yankees and don't want to be mega chalky, uh, you know, LeMahieu is that guy. Like, it it still looks like a funny salary, but he's leading off and he's just he just keeps hitting the ball. So, um, but as far as cash games, I think you're going down to either Kipnis at 4K or even Alberto at 3,500. Um, he's leading off against Strom. He's nothing magical, but uh, he's good enough as a leadoff hitter. Strom throws a bunch of strikes. Like, they'll, they'll get the ball and play against him. So, um, ideally, I think you would get to Kipnis, uh, but I'm totally fine with Alberto. And, I mean, even, a, you know, Eduardo Nunez, simply because he plays for the Red Sox, is somewhat viable. But um, I think you can get to Alberto at least, if not Kipnis. Yeah, Kipnis was the guy who jumped off for me at 4K. That's a pretty good price tag. And – uh the, those Cleveland bats are even cheaper and stand out even more on FanDuel where they split it into two slates very, very early and then just earlier, whatever it is. But Cleveland bats really stand out. So a couple questions. Let's back, backtrack some positions. Bradley or Bowers as your FanDuel GPP salary saver? If, if you have those salaries up over there, they're both really cheap on FanDuel. So I guess it's just Bradley. or And I assume he means Bobby Bradley. And Bauer, but it could be Jackie Bradley, who's we haven't got to outfield yet, but he gets a bump up today and uh, up to the fifth spot. But Bobby Bradley, I think twenty two hundred. Bowers is twenty six or twenty seven hundred on Fanduel. Which one do you prefer more? Um, if if you if you're talking like a one off, I would go with Bobby Bradley. Within an Indian stack, I'd probably still lean towards Bowers. Like we just know more about him being an actually decent player at times, you know, Bradley probably going to be a huge strikeout risk. Like this is, this is kind of a rally killer kind of guy, like big power, big strikeout. So stack with Bowers, but if you just need a home run or bust, I I would still lean towards Bradley. Fair enough. Third base. The big number here is going to be put on Jose Ramirez, big ownership percentage here. Price just seems too cheap on both sites. Uh, on on DraftKings, we're at 4K here for an actually solid, good third baseman in a good matchup, a, a, a place we can save some money. So uh, that's where the ownership's going to go. But what say you, Mr. Cheese? Is that where your ownership is going to go? Yeah, I mean, I think that's who you play in cash games. Um, it's actually third base is actually for once one of the weaker positions. Like you would love to play Devers, but he's – he's pretty much a in stacks only guy. Um, so yeah, then you're looking at Ramirez or otherwise you're punting down to like either Alberto again or Vlad Guerrero against a really good pitcher. 
I think Guerrero is quite playable in tournaments, um, but I would rather not have to play against Paxton and that bullpen in a cash game. So Ramirez is just kind of sitting there as, as the more obvious guy. Yeah, you said you said uh, about your night last night. Uh, uh, I had heard you in uh, Slack talking about how the lineup builder kind of helped you a little bit with some of those lineups. You plugged some guys in, and it, and it gave you a good lineup at at one point. So today, I uh, you know I was running some lineup builder stuff, and it kept spitting out Eduardo Nunez to me at thirty three hundred dollars. Uh, what do you think about Nunez? Um, he's a guy I would definitely like in Red Sox stacks because he's so cheap. He makes them work. <clears throat> As kind of as a one-off guy, I would probably rather take a shot on Guerrero. Um, but I do like Nunez. You can use Nunez and Alberto um, just as these cheap guys at second or third. Uh, but they, I don't really, I don't really like him on his own. Hi, right, we'll do that. So uh, I got a question for you. If you had to only pick one, and I, I don't know why you would only pick one, but. Man, my man wants to know if you can only pick one, do you want Kipnis or do you want J-Ram, uh, Jose Ramirez in cash, DK? Uh, I want uh, J-Ram. Yeah. Question well, for It might you. be a difference of if you're using Alberto or Nunez, then you can have your choice between Kipnis and J-Ram. Yeah. Question for you, DK, GPP, Santana, and Ramirez or Mancini and Alberto? I, would, I like Mancini, Alberto. GPP was the key there. Yeah. I mean, you like a little Mancini and GPP. So really do. Uh, uh, single entry on FanDuel. Do you prefer stacking the bottom of the order on the Yankees or stacking the bottom of the order on the Red Sox? Um, I mean, that just depends how you feel about ownership. Like the Yankees are clearly the better bottom of the lineup. Like they have more power down there. So if the question is who do I think scores more points, I think it's the Yankees. Um, but it'll be hard to win with that. Yeah. Agreed. So it's moving on over to shortstop now where uh, yeah, we got some good good players, but I think we've got one guy ownership-wise that's going to jump off the page. That's Gregorius because he's only $3,500 hitting in that Yankees lineup, which is projected to score a ton of runs again. Uh, just a great, just an easy way to save money. And some of these other guys at the, the, the highly projected guys are so expensive. I mean, I like Tatis, but boy, 5,500 is that's a tough one. Machado's a great play, but 5,200. So, like, it naturally gravitates you all the way down to uh, Gregorius. Uh, what's your thoughts on shortstop? Yeah, this is a weird position. I mean, there's five batters up top, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, Lindor, and Torres, that are all just fantastic. But that's such a mispricing on Didi. I, like, I'm certain he'll be the highest on player on the slate. Um, of course you can fade that in tournaments just based on ownership. Like, it's not like he's guaranteed to do anything, but I can't give you any logical reason why you wouldn't play him other than simply you're hoping everyone else does and the balls die on the warning track. Um, and so spending up at shortstop will get you something different. Um, personally, I think even if you're playing Bundy as a pitcher in a tournament, you can still play a bat or two against him. Like, even if he pitches great, he'll give up likely a home run or two. So I think someone like Tatis or Machado uh, is really good as a one-off. Yeah, it is baseball. You just never know how that ball is going to bounce sometimes. So maybe you can eliminate 30% of the field by fading Gregorius and get you something else. So you mentioned some guys that you can spend on and be different. Is there anybody, if, we, if we're thinking Gregorius is a good fade because maybe he does hit it right at people and, and he ends up with a zero, 
So maybe we save money that that's fine. We're not worried about a zero because we know Gregorius is going to get a zero. Is there anybody below him in salary that you're looking at going, all right, you know, maybe this guy has a chance. I know Richie Martin hit a little, little home run last night, but uh, I don't know if that's going to be the norm for him or not. But is there anybody below that $3,500 range that you can play? So this guy for the Royals uh, that I'm not sure how you pronounce this name, Artiaga, Humberto. Um, he kind of interests me. Like you don't really want to pick on Bauer, but Bauer's been Bauer's been bad. Um, and this guy, he's not really a power hitter. He's more of a contact um, guy with some speed. But like, this looks like a guy that could be a you know a 300 hitter over the long run and maybe steal some bases. So just because he's playing old 2K, I think it's it's fine. Um, like like you say, if Didi puts up a zero, then a single. Uh, is a huge win from this guy over him so I, i'm okay with it but ideally if you're fading dd it would be a spend up yeah sounds good so we got about eight minutes left guys so we lock in we're going to run through outfielders here fire up those questions because when we get done with that we are going to uh answer all the questions you got i know it's a it's only a six gamer here we're early in the morning but we'll get to whatever you want to get to as soon as we get after this uh outfield position so Outfielders, let's go here. I mean, just so much raw power in the outfield here today. I don't even know. There's a couple guys jumping off to me, but I want I want your opinion on some of these outfielders that you're that stand out to you. Yeah, so um Judge and Hicks are like Judge especially. Um what in the world? Forty two hundred dollars. <laughs> like stop. Just cut it out already. Um you have to play Judge in cash games and it's kind of He's an even tougher fade than Didi in tournaments because he's better. Um, of course, you can fade him, right? It's, I mean, this is a guy that can strike out with the best of them at times, so sure. But it's overthinking it to really try to find a reason not to play him. Um, you know, Hicks will be popular because of the salary as well. Uh, outside of the Yankees, so just the salaries on Judge and, and Hicks have to leave Betts and Martinez, as well as Bellinger and Peterson at not low ownership, but comparatively low ownership. Um, and I, I guess I think the Dodgers, just because it's the later game, will be far lower owned than the Red Sox. So I would say the Bellinger-Peterson combo is what I would most want to spend on. Um, and to be different, you can do the you, – you can split them up. Like you can play Betts and Peterson or Martinez and Bellinger. Like you, you don't have to pair these guys together on a small slate when you're looking for homers, but those are certainly those three obvious teams are the three teams that I want my outfielders from. Um, and I, th I think it's spend up to avoid the chalk. Um, if you're not paying up to sale, you can make it work. Okay. If we, if we're, if we are taking sale and we want to take Marquez, we're spinning up at some different positions who are the uh, salary savers at outfielder that uh, maybe maybe we can get away with? Yeah, so when we scroll down, of course, we've already mentioned Judge and Hicks, but in tournaments, if you try and get off of them, we've got Jackie Bradley and Fran Mill Reyes right around just under that 4K mark. Um, Reyes is another one of those power guys. Even if you're using Bundy, he can hit one out. I think Bradley is a solid play in all formats. Um, it's great that he's been moved up in the order. Once you get cheaper, so we've got uh, Bowers you can play in the outfield as well. You can do the cheap Blue Jays in tournaments if you want. Um, you know, you could argue that 
you know, Paxton still hasn't looked totally like his usual self. So maybe, maybe they can get him. Uh, we've got Tyler Naquin really cheap. He's bottom of the lineup. Uh, but if the Indians, you know, do well and get into that bullpen, they could bat around enough to where their ninth batter still gets his five at bats. I don't love the super cheap stuff. Like, you know, last night Margot was in play because of the, the opposing pitching. Bundy's Bundy is too good for me to really care about Margot tonight. Um, and then everything down below 3K is just pure punt for the sake of doing it. And I, I can't really make a case for it. Yeah, that, that leads us to one of the questions I was in chat a minute ago is Margot, if he's your last piece in cash and you have uh, with Sale and Paxton as your pitchers and a four-man Yankee stack that you like, would you play Margot in cash? I assume you can get away with it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you just have to, uh, sure. Uh, but he'd like, ideally, you wouldn't have to. But like to make the right lineup work that has a Sale and a Paxton and the Yankees, it's worth punting almost anything to make that happen. Yeah, so I have a, a question for you here. It, it pertains to more strategy than anything. Uh, you know, we're talking about Aaron Judge, the ownership, but everything seems just too good to be true on him. Uh, what, what is your criteria there for when you look at that ownership and it's up uh, near enough 40% on some of the sites? You know, it's baseball. Anything can happen. What's your criteria when you're, when you're looking at that heavy, heavy ownership, but a guy just looks too good to pass up on? Yeah, so it totally depends on which tournament you're talking about and how many lineups you have. In like a single entry, um, I will try to go out of my way to fade a guy like that where I can and then make up for it by going overweight on him in a different tournament. I like to do that. Like if you're playing like a three max entry, go with all three. Aaron judge and say, you know, if he hits, I'm above the field here. If he doesn't, I'm fading him in these single entries. So I'm ahead of the field. Like I, I can't find a reason to completely fade Aaron judge on this slate. Unless you're, a, if you're a one lineup guy in tournaments, the correct answer is you're supposed to fade Aaron judge and Didi Gregorius. Like that's definitely the correct answer. If you're doing one lineup. Yeah. So on FanDuel, he's, also 4,200, which is a big, a big jump in price tag over there compared to DraftKings. So on FanDuel, judge a must play? Not at all, no. Um, and in fact, I mean, I would rather play Betts and Martinez in cash games ahead of judge on FanDuel. Fair enough. So we got about two minutes until this thing locks up. We've shot through the positions. It's a, it's a six-game slate. And, and on, on FanDuel, it's broken down, like I said, into two, three-game slates. So – Basically, we don't have a lot of games here. Is stacking something that you're looking at this morning? I know stacking is usually the, the thing to do in tournaments, but on a smaller slate like this, are we looking at stacking with these teams out here? Yeah, I, I still like it because it's, it's more reasonable when you have fewer teams to think that a couple of them just completely flop. Um, you know, the more good teams you have, the more likely it is that several of them do well and then a bunch of the individual hitters do well it's not asking as much for you know two teams entirely to completely flop and then all you need is the one team that doesn't and you you know just knocked out most of the field um the, the exception to that would be with these high-priced hitters like i think if you're if you're fitting in cheaper plays i think you want to stack 
With the high-priced hitters, though, that's where I like splitting it up to like, – if you're doing a cheap, you know, a bottom-of-the-order Yankee stack that's going to be chalky, rather than playing Betts and Martinez or Bellinger and Peterson, that's where I would say, I've got my chalky thing here. Let me do Martinez and Peterson. So at least I'm – something to split up. Or do Mancini um, in, instead of uh, adding someone to one of your other mini stacks. Like – I don't want – basically, I'm less likely to double stack. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Um, around a stack, I'm going to try to get different on this slate um, because, like, the chalky build, if you're going cheap at pitcher, would be to stack the Yankees with the Red Sox or the Dodgers. Or if you're going expensive at pitchers, you're going to naturally lean towards the same few uh, cheaper bats, like the Cleveland guys. Um, so outside of a stack, I would try to get different. Is question for you in chat is Cleveland in single entry GPP too risky to stack? No, not at all. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Reyes and Vlad Guerrero or Jose Ramirez and Margot for a cash game, DK. Ram, J, J Ram and Margot. Uh, Kansas City has Kansas City started, let, uh, started yet? If not, is uh, Lucas Duda on FanDuel? Would you play him? Um, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need the punts quite as much on FanDuel, but yeah, I mean, he can hit a home run. Okay, fair enough. All right, so we're locked up here, guys. Uh, we've got two games that just kicked off. We can now go to the games here, see if we can pull up a little bit of ownership just to breeze through for a few minutes here before we get out of here. So I'm gonna pull up whatever contest I can find here. It's uh, just locked, so it's obviously gonna be. A little bit slow on that right now, but uh, any questions you have for anybody that hasn't kicked off yet, go ahead, because you can edit these things all the way up until game time, which is uh, next game is in about four minutes, and then after that, we get a couple hours break, and then we can come back and and do some things. So uh, I'm going to pull up the MLB 150K brunch on DraftKings, 50K to first place. This is the one, double that, and that's what you did last night. That's what you been to last night, so. Let me see if we can get some ownership numbers out here. All right, I got a, a few numbers. Paxton, 38%. What do you think about that? Um, that's pretty well on the high side. Um, I mean, I like – like, he, he was a great value. But um, at that percentage, with the way he's looked recently, it's probably a pretty solid fade. Man, I tell you what, it amazes me how uh, how accurate some of these – ownership projections are here on that, uh, that, uh, that Chris Jimino guy man, when he's not sleeping he's really good at these ownership this ownership like we we talked about some of these guys a minute ago and uh Aaron Judge 39.1 percent we had him between 35 and 40 so he's right on there Gregorius was 30 percent ownership 32 percent is what he's actually on so it's pretty amazing that uh how close they are to nailing those things every time. So the highest owned guy with these first two games, which are going to be kind of chalky, Boston plays and, and the Yankees play. So highest owned guy, Chris Sale, at 48% in the big tournament. What do you think about that? Is that a little low? I thought maybe he might he might creep up around the 60 range. Um, no, that's about right. Just because of it, either you can't fit in the high-end stacks with him. 
Then we got Judge Paxton at 38. We talked about him. Then it was a pretty big drop off to Aaron Hicks at 20, Jackie Bradley at 19, JD Martinez up at 17%. I'm, I'm looking from, oh man, JD Martinez is higher on than Mookie Betts. I'm a little surprised at that. I, I kind of favored Betts a little bit in that. Vlad Guerrero, the first of the uh, non big to two big teams going at it. Vlad Guerrero comes in at 15% ownership because of that salary at third base. So that's that. Uh, looking for your boy Voigt and Edwin split their ownership up about 11.5% each for Edwin and Voigt. So that's not bad. Any surprises you see out here for ownership in this early stuff? No, I mean, that's about right. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Didi and Judge even higher, but like in, in like single entry stuff, they'll probably be more like 50, 60%. Yeah, I, I would I would assume the higher the buy-in, probably the more owned those guys are going to be. You just the less risk you want to take with the higher buy-in. At fifteen, you can risk it a little bit. So, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Until uh, you know, these guys will be back tonight with some more uh, crunch time, some more grinders lives. I think it's a nine. I want to say, well, maybe it's six, seven, eight, nine games tonight, something like that. I don't know. It's I haven't. Nine. Nine sounds good. So, guys, going to have a full assortment of shows later on. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, everybody prospers in their tournaments this morning, and hopefully you got a, a little piece of advice that leads you in the right direction here today. So, for Cheese is Good, I'm Head Chopper. We'll be back later, and we're out of here.